This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. I'm Taylor Danielle, and if you're new around here, welcome. If you are returning, welcome back. And today's episode, I'm pretty excited about. I know I say that every episode. I really think I need to start, and I'm pretty excited counter to counter how many times I say I'm excited, but I am. It's the truth. Like I'm not even lying about it because today I have the diabetes app on the show and I'm pretty excited about it. Okay. Because this is one of the apps that has been such a great exhale is the best way I can describe it. There's a whole app just for diabetics. They are a whole little, not even little, it's like just a whole space in the app world for us where we can learn so many things from each other, where we can connect with one another. They have spaces for type one conversations, type two conversations, all conversations. Even if you're non-diabetic, there's plenty of resources on it. It's been a really cool application to use. They do live events within it. They do giveaways, all types of things just to benefit us. And I have thoroughly enjoyed using it. I haven't been on the platform that long, maybe two months, almost two months now, but it's been a great experience to be able to scroll through and read through people's stories and the highs, the lows, literally the good days, the bad days, and everything in between. It's been a great application to keep and utilize, whether on my phone or on my computer, whenever I just want to really tune into the community and hear other perspectives outside my own and see what things people are doing to help with their management. So I'm excited to have their COO, Taylor. You heard me right. It's a double Taylor show. I'm pretty stoked about it. The first, too. I know that there are other Taylors out there. I know there's another Taylor who's also in the diabetic space. So, but this particular Taylor is one of the founders of the Diabetes app. And I just really appreciate her time and being able to come on and talk about the early days of when they decided to get started to what they're doing now, to what they'd like to do in the future. And we had such a good chat about how great this app is and all of the perspectives that it brings together. So with that being said, let's get to it. My conversation with Taylor, the COO, of the diabetes app. Let's do it. Perfect. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. E minus the entanglement, though. So let's do it. All right. Hi, Taylor. Hello. How are you? 
I am good. How are you today? I'm I'm excited to talk to a twin today. This is going to be fun. You are the first now that I think about it. I know that there is another Taylor in the diabetes space on Instagram and she and I have interacted on Clubhouse and things, but you're my first other Taylor <laughs> that I've interviewed. So I'm really excited. I will try not to trip myself up saying a name that we share, <laughs> but it's really cool to have you on today and to talk about an application and community that is actually still fairly new to me. I've seen a couple friends use the diabetes app and I was like, wait, what? We got an app? <laughs> so it's been really cool to hang out in the community, see all the events and things that y'all put on and to get to learn more about what you do and, and how the company runs. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And you're the first Taylor I've ever, other Taylor I've ever met. So <laughs> it's a first for me too. Yeah. I've heard of other Taylors. I've never spoken to another one before. Okay. So, so I got to ask because I've gotten mixed answers on this and I, I feel like rightly so, but I guess I'm a little bitter. Taylor Swift. Like, no, okay. no. Yeah, we're in the same boat. <laughs> I used to, so my past roles before I decided to dive into podcasting full-time is I worked in training and customer support. Mm. So I would literally teach people how to either answer the phones, email, chat, or whatever to interact in the customer service department. I had an operations team manager role at one point. And when I used to answer the phones, it was really frustrating mm. because you'll say, hey, thanks for calling in. My name is Taylor. And they're like, Kayla, Nicole, which I don't <laughs> know how Nicole works. And so Taylor Swift has blown up since then. And it was just like, Taylor, like Swift. Oh, Taylor. Yeah. So I, I spent a, a good portion of my corporate career having to refer to myself as T-Swift. And it's ruined my life just a little bit. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not... <laughs> actually in the same boat. So I totally understand. Or I'll say, yeah, my name's Taylor. Oh, like Swift. Sure. Yeah. So I don't write songs about every bad relationship breakup <laughs> that I've had. I keep that private. No shade against Taylor Swift. It's just unfortunate that out of all the Taylors, which I, fun fact, I was named after the singer Taylor Dane. My middle name is Danielle, but nice. with one L. And so I'm fine with that. And I had one person one time, they saw the first three letters of my middle name. And for whatever reason, he was an older gentleman. He was like, oh, wait, are you Taylor Dane? And I'm like, okay, I really hate to be that person. Taylor Dane's not black. So <laughs> I don't know how you got, that's that's a compliment though. I appreciate it. But no, I'm not the infamous Taylor Dane who was a singer back in the 90s. <laughs> so, But yeah, it's just been a fun ride to um, see the rise of Taylor's, but mm -hmm. hers takes the cake. So. Anywho, I am excited to dive in to learn more about you and the company and the things that you do. So why don't we start with just letting us know where you're from and how did you get involved with the diabetes app company? Yeah, for sure. So I am from Toronto, Ontario. So in Canada, grew up there, have never lived anywhere else. And I'm actually one of the founding members of the diabetes app. I'm currently the COO of the company, but yes, I am one of five people that founded the Diabetes App. Awesome. So 
my understanding is you are not diabetic, correct? That is correct. Awesome. So how did you, you know, join these group of people to found this app? And what's been your experience um, working with such a, a deep community, honestly, and trying to manage such a complex condition? That's a great question. So originally uh, there was five of us. We were working on a uh, separate project all in uh, Toronto. We had a downtown office. We were co-working together. And our CEO, also one of the founders, Sean, one of his uh, very close family members uh, was actually diagnosed with T1 really late in his life. And he was personally like helping him through that. It was a really big adjustment for him, as I could imagine. And that kind of sparked the idea because I guess as he was helping him, he realized that there wasn't a lot of that he could find like online peer support. There wasn't like one space, you know, lots of Facebook groups and, and whatnot, but sometimes they were a little bit noisy and he was older. So he wasn't really interested in searching through Facebook and trying to find the right group, the wrong group, all that stuff. So that's what sparked the concept because he found this problem area and was like, maybe that's something that we can work with. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. As Someone who was diagnosed, so I was diagnosed with type 2 in 2015. And same, this whole platform was started because I went online and I was like, where is everybody? Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to have a group of people and get to learn from. And so kudos to you guys for deciding to step in and fill that need. Because like you said, even if you are tech savvy and you hop on Facebook, Facebook is just a black hole now. And so (laughs) trying to find the right crowd, the right people, people who are open-minded because... I'm sure you've learned in just operating with the community, like no diagnosis is cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. And you find a lot of those cookie cutter groups. There was a couple that I was in where you can only talk about this way of eating. And if you reference anything that falls outside, I'm like, that's that doesn't work for me. So, mm-hmm. wow, that's really special that it was through an action with a friend. So I know CEO, chief operating officer, if my... Yes. My corporate vernacular is still there. Okay. So what did you, what do you currently head up and how are you helping to shape the app to be so useful for diabetics like myself? Yeah, for sure. So I guess I can take you through a little bit of the history. So yeah, like I said, the co- conception started between the five of us. I will mention as well, one of the other founding members, she was a nurse worked with people with both types beforehand and myself as well as the other young lady had diabetics in our family. So it wasn't like we were very outside of the issue. But obviously at the time when we were thinking about doing this, we were a team of five. Uh, so there currently we're a team of 20. So we've grown in the past year and a half, but we were pretty much doing a lot of the stuff on our own. So Personally, my role, we came up with the idea, but I took on more of the marketing at the beginning. I ended up growing that department. I was the CMO for a while. And then as of 2021, I transitioned into COO, taking over uh, operations. My biggest role at the company right now is managing pretty much most of the personnel on our team to ensure that the vision of the company is properly executed upon. And the big, the big vision, the big strategies, all that stuff, it still comes from that core four and five. And it's my job to make sure that's executed properly. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I can only imagine five people and you're having to wear so many hats. And as a, a two person show, there's still a lot of hats to wear. So congrats on your growth, by the way. I've worked in startups and I know the the hustle is real to try to get yeah. it all together. So I'm curious, like, what were some of the technical challenges 
that you guys face. Like you decide I want to do an app and I remember at least back from some of the companies that I've been with that were like a lot smaller, the first people that you're trying to get on board are your developers. So that way all the technical mm-hmm. stuff is, is getting taken care of. So as a five person team, how did you look for and find that technical talent if it wasn't already there in order to start the foundations of building the app? That's a really great question. So at the beginning as well, we really needed to lean on the community in itself, which goes into the technical capabilities, because we didn't want to guess like what the community wanted. So we started off market testing, just a really simple concept, landed them to an email sign up. If you're interested in this, sign up for this email. Uh, we got a lot of hits. We got a lot of growth just on that email list without even having a platform. And from there, before we even decided to build anything, we did focus groups, we did surveys, we sat down with type ones, we sat down with type twos. What would you want to see from this community and, and what's lacking and, and all of that? And once we had that list, that's when the kind of the search came, <laughs> came to fruition. And what we had decided would be the easiest course of action, because yes, we got a lot of uh, traction with just that email sign up. We had a lot of people interested in even sitting down with us for the groups, but it wasn't like a... What am I trying to say? It wasn't a guarantee that they would download the app, that they would actually come and use it. You know what I mean? So we actually found different, like almost like white label apps where you can just plug in your branding, you can tweak certain features and you're good to go. So that's what we ended up going with. And we worked with this third party company to brand it how we wanted to tweak the features as we wanted to and publish it that way. And we were able to a soft launch in July of 2020 so that we can test to see if this was something viable. Very obviously it was. We were able to grow. As of right now, we're sitting at just over 13,000 users with grassroots marketing budget. So I think that's a really great win on our side. And since about, I would say, January of 2021, we've been taking the steps to build our own proprietary app. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've seen the rise of these make, like, We've already built it, make it your own type applications. What I think is really smart, because if you're not in a position to spend the, gosh, budgeting for developers is expensive. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so if you don't have the room for that, it's a great stepping stone to be able to, like you said, test things out, create the community that you want and know what you'd like to have when you built it. So that makes me curious now that you guys have launched and I know we just had a huge update to the desktop and the main app, which it looks really clean and really nice. What were some of the must haves when you guys were putting together over this kind of foundational application? Like these have to be here if we want to really see this community thrive. Mm-hmm. So I think a big part of that also came Like I said, at the beginning, we did a lot of focus groups. We continue to do focus groups and user interviews with users on the app just to make sure that we're staying up to date. If we want to add something, does this make sense for you? I think that will always come back to our before we come out with anything that's new, like it always comes back to something that the community said that they wanted, especially because some of us are not diabetic and we don't want to make those decisions for you. This is supposed to be a community where you feel safe. So we can't make those decisions just guessing. So in that point, like... A lot of the features that we had came up with were actually things that like the community said that they wanted. So having articles, having resources so that you can, you can listen to people's stories, find something that's familiar, making sure that those feeds stayed open. They weren't private. 
as well. The live streams were also something that people said that they really liked. So we had to make sure that we kept all of that. And I think the other thing, which could potentially be a little bit controversial depending on where you fall. But when we, like I said, at the beginning did our groups with, we did T1 groups and we did T2 groups. And we found that the T1s really wanted their own space. They wanted their separate kind of space so that they can talk to each other because it's a vastly different kind of problem than what T2s would be going through. And while we did talk to T2s, T2 said, that, yeah, I don't mind, like I would be with everybody. I could be alone. It really doesn't matter. They're very flexible. But that was something that we found from the T1 community that they wanted their own space. So that was also something that we had to be very um, sensitive to. If you don't want, if they don't want to be lumped in together with everybody else, then we're not going to make them. Sure. So that was also something that was a high priority. Yeah, it's it's interesting because T2 is such a, it kind of depends on where you fall. So for example, I'm, I'm medication-based, but my dad takes both medication and insulin. So it just varies. And now you've got type 3C and you've got Modi and, and it's really crazy how the lines are starting to blur a bit. And it's more, at least how I, I've started using it, like type 1, type 2, don't care. To me, it's like insulin dependent or not mm-hmm. because it's starting to get such a mixed bag now. And it's just like trying to keep up. And you get to a point where people finally understand the difference between a type one and a type two. And then you might show up as a type two or some with modium. Yeah, I take insulin, but you're not yeah. type one. You're like, so it's becoming such a mixed bag, but I still appreciate and understand. There are just some aspects that I myself will just not understand. I don't know what it's mm-hmm. like to wear a pump. I do have a shot within my regimen, but it's not insulin. So it's not something that I like have to depend on in order to carry out my day. So I totally understand and respect it because it's different. And a lot of people that I've talked to, this has been since they were kids. And that's one area Mm -hmm. I will just never know. And I'm like, all the awards to you, I cannot imagine. I barely could hand it being in my mid-20s. So I appreciate that you guys like really focused a lot on just hearing people's opinions and thoughts and how you can create something that is going to allow them to feel comfortable. Because it's, like I said, it's hard, especially Mm -hmm. in the Facebook world. It's so hard. So what were some of the responses from early adopters of the app? Like, was there any particular feedback that you guys got or was it overall just like a really good positive experience? Because I know launching anything is still quite scary and you want to hope that people like it. But with Mm -hmm. its current growth, I imagine the people who got in early had had a lot of good things to say. Yeah, we're really lucky that a lot of the people that we came across even in our user groups like before we even launched are still members to this day that we keep in contact with and we talk to them all the time and it was actually really awesome to build those relationships with them and yeah i would say that mostly the feedback was positive i think it did take a little bit for them to get used to navigating i don't know if you like at the time the layout was a little bit different there was like group folders on the home page you would click type one you would click type two or there was an all type section where you could communicate with everybody now it's a feed so same kind of concept but you can customize what you see on your feed from different groups but yeah like it was ultimately positive it was something that people were like I'm, I'm so glad that you guys did this that there's finally a spot that's just for us that includes everybody because that was another thing that we got when we were doing groups that there's type one apps and there's type two apps but there's not like all of us together kind of thing which we wanted to do and just having a space I think people were really happy that there was a space a lot of the people that we talked to in those groups or even just in general, having a support group or mental health, like 
a lot of them brought up that wasn't something that was discussed when they were diagnosed. It was, you're going to go on medication and that's what your goal is and that's it. Like, good luck. Which I found shocking personally, because you would think as like, and some of these people were diagnosed as a year ago, two years ago, and just the rise of talking about mental health and its importance and all that stuff, you would think that would be something that would be talked about. And it wasn't. So I was, I was honestly shocked. And so a lot of people were like, thank you so much for, for building this. So yeah, to answer your question, it was positive. Good, good. And no, you're right on. I had a guest last season, Dr. Gregory Dedell, who's an endocrinologist in New York. And he is day and night trying to fight for others in his same field. So, hey, you have to stop and pay attention to this. And he said his wife was a big inspiration because she wrote a book and she's a psychologist. And she's, these are the things that people are talking about. So when they walk into your exam room about their medical condition, pay attention to their mental health. And it sparked this whole shift in his practice. And now with primary cares taking a big load of diabetes care because endocrinologists are so booked up. Yeah, those minute clinics are no fun, even with my diagnosis. Yeah. I don't think my primary has ever asked about my mental health. No shade to her. She's great. But even mm-hmm. so, okay, yeah, you've got it. You're a diabetic. Here's your drugs. Here's mm-hmm. a stack of papers. Figure out diabetes education, but no follow-up because I never went. Nothing about support, whatever. Like, I went home calling my parents, but they weren't diagnosed the same age as me. They were diagnosed with a full-on family, their late 30s, 40s, all of that. So. Mm-hmm to go home and there's nobody. It was hard. So I could Mm -hmm. totally relate to people being so happy that, hey, I can go here and say, my numbers are crap today. And I feel really bad because you're constantly, it's just beaten into you. Like you have to have these numbers. And it's just, am I back in school? Are we doing report cards again? No. So Mm -hmm. I too have found the conversations and the posts to be really inspiring and really helpful to see that other people are just like, it's a space where I would do the same thing on Instagram, except for I scroll through half the people because I can't relate to them. It's just, oh, that's cool. But these people, oh, I totally get this. Like 100%, all the likes, all the comments and all the things. So I'm glad it's been such a great experience for people to hop onto. Um, So I love how involved you guys are in the app. I think I get more notifications that y'all are posting than (laughs) anyone else that I follow. And I think that's really amazing. But before I dive into that engagement, how did you guys even find us to start (laughs) talking about? Because I'll be honest, I'm struggling to find people just to engage with me and be like, hey, let's chat. Let's talk about things. So to say we want to build on this idea, will you help us out? And you got such a great response. Like, how in the hell did y'all do it? Because I'm trying to get people just to answer a one question in the comments and they're just like, no, I'm too busy. So I would love Mm -hmm. to know how you guys were able to build these focus groups. Well, it was definitely a trial and error. There was a lots of like A-B testing to find like where our target was. And what made it a little bit more difficult as well is because we were, we had two different target users. We had the, your typical type one and your typical type two. And the age ranges are vastly, they can be different. Most type twos are more mature when they're diagnosed. And most type ones are around like seven, eight, nine. Typically, obviously it can happen later in life, but typically they're much younger. They've been dealing with it their entire lives. So 
we there was a lot of research <laughs> that went into it. So for the T1 user, for example, where would they live online? Most likely Instagram, most likely TikTok, most likely these apps, quote unquote. Where would type twos be? Like it was we looked into backend research from like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok to see like what demographics were most active on their platforms. And then we put out our own ads that would lead to a landing page for the sign-up process and see we were able to see what age groups interacted the most. Uh, with our advertisements. So that was step one. And then we got a smaller target and a smaller target, figured out which platform worked best for us to try to acquire people. At the same time, we were also focused on building up our social network. So building up our Instagram followers, building up our Facebook likes, like all of that stuff. So we could just grow our online community before we even had a platform to bring people. But yeah, we really leveraged social media through organic growth as well as paid growth to try and bring people over because at the in the simplest of terms the diabetes app is a social network for people with diabetes so that was also somebody like I mentioned like that would be our target user somebody that uses social media that that likes to be on their phone that likes to use um, these websites and post about their day so what better place than to leverage the social networks that we know everybody uses so that was how And we're still able to grow the community. Yeah, yeah, I can speak to that because, again, I think the diva-betic, Lexi, who was a past guest, she was doing some ads and stuff in partnership with you guys. And I was like, wait, you're on what? And I saw a couple of reels that she did in reference to you guys. And I was like, oh, well, if Lexi's down, I'm down. And so it's true. The power of social media is still vast and still growing. It can still affect change. So it's really cool to know that even when you don't have the product yet, you can still get responses. So I just need to switch up my game to get people to react <laughs> to me. That's why. <laughs> so aside from that, how did you guys come up with the live events? Like I said earlier, you guys are super engaged. You're always active in the group. But what was the creative process of, like, okay, let's have live events or let's do this and growing that process? Because it's always nerve wracking to go live as someone mm-hmm. who also live streams on the side. Are people going to show up? Will they really yeah. interact? So what was that process and deciding to implement that and to continue doing that? So it was actually lucky on our end because the platform that we had chosen to go forward with creating the diabetes app came with this live stream functionality. So we didn't have to ask for it. It came already built in. And because of the way that the platform works, only certain people get permissions to go live. It's not like an Instagram where anybody could go live. And that is because on the app that we have, you can have followers, you can have friends, but when you're in a group and you look at your timeline, it's everybody who's in that group. So you don't get prioritized posting. So if you went live, the entire app would be notified that you went live. So because there was some element of exclusivity, we were like, okay, like then maybe we can make these kind of like an event that happens on the app. And we did a lots of like brainstorming sessions. Those are also topics that we asked in surveys and also the focus groups, like what kind of live stream would you be interested in tuning into? And we got lots of like feedback to I would want to see nutritionists and I would want to have a cooking segment and I would like to hear from a doctor and I would actually like to hear like actual stories. And at the beginning, we were doing a live stream probably like once every two weeks and we pretty much tested engagement from like we we did, you know, a live stream from an endo. We did a live stream from a nutritionist, a mental health therapist. We did a cooking segment. We did everything and saw like what worked and what didn't. And then as we could see, the more that we were doing live streams, we actually found that a lot of people were viewing them 
after the fact. So we actually have an archive where all of our past live streams are on the app. You can go back, you can look at them. There's some, sh some notes, uh, show notes to show you like what the topic was about. And more people view them after the fact than they actually view them live. Although we do get really great engagement on Ask the Endo and mm. nutritionists seem to get a lot of traction live as well. Even some of the more personal ones, we had someone come on and it was like, eat dinner with me. And I just had a conversation with people and that was an extreme success in terms of the live. Oh, there's so many people there like getting engaged. We also just started doing like... Every Saturday morning, we have somebody come on and does yoga on the yes. app. And those have been quite popular as well. So it really like depends. But I think what makes them special is that they're not gone forever if you miss it. Because that's the right. thing as well. Like we're available worldwide. So we have people in Canada. We have people in the United States. We have people in the UK, India, everywhere. So what works for somebody at three o'clock Eastern standard might not work for somebody in Pacific might not work for somebody who's across an ocean. So having that archive and the database, you can go back and watch whatever you want is definitely like something that helps leverage the uniqueness of the live streams, I would say. Yeah, I definitely have enjoyed uh, a couple of the live streams. I think the last one I caught, was it a doctor one or a nutritionist one? I can't remember. I also love y'all's reels. So whoever's doing <laughs> the TikTok and reels, like, shout out to them. I'm still trying to figure it out. I, I said eventually I'll get there and I'm like, just I just sit in one space and talk and everybody else is like moving around. <laughs> so mm -hmm. just, we'll figure it out. So hypothetically speaking, if a new user were to join, what are some of the conversations that they can expect coming in? Because there's a lot to choose from, from even when I joined, I only joined maybe a month ago. And so I, I got to dive in on my own time. I'm just like really excited to do all these things. But as someone who's not fully active in staying in connection with the community like that, what's something that they can expect when they first join? So the cool thing about the app and where we're at is we're growing every day. There's new people popping on literally every day. So I would say like the, one of the first things that you're going to see when you pop on there is a whole bunch of people introducing themselves. We're like, hey guys, I'm new here. Uh, my name is this. I'm from here. What are you guys up to? Where are you guys from? And I love those posts because if you are new and you're like apprehensive to post something yourself, you can just comment and connect with people that way. But so many people talk about so many different things, even type dependent. Like you, if you went into the T2, like there's T2 diet, there's people that talk about what kind of bread do you guys buy? Because I am trying to be like no carb or like less carbs or what's a good alternative for this drink. I used to love this type of sugary drink. What do you guys do? Lots of like, I need help with this. What have you guys done? And I think that's something so special that I actually come to realize that's really what this community wants is they want information but they want them through the connections that they make so i can talk to you and be like oh, i'm really struggling with this like what worked for you and you can give me your experiences and i can try that for myself and if it works it doesn't work but if it works great you know what i mean if you get to try it out for yourself but instead of spending hours on google trying to find all of these articles and yeah. you know the medical talk and the all of that stuff i can easily just talk to you and i think that's that's like the main purpose of the app. And I love seeing people utilize it for that. There's lots of, or wins. People love to share their wins. I had a unicorn today. My blood sugars was this. My A1C was awesome. 
but also it's a place to share if you didn't do so well. And the comments underneath are always very much, I've been there, keep your head up, but it's okay not to feel okay. And really just people supporting each other because some days you're going to have bad days and some days you're going to have really good days, but you don't have to have good days every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because it just speaks to even as a diabetic, you never stop learning. I just learned what a unicorn means, like literally the other day. (laughs) And, And it was from one of my type one friends. And I was just like, oh, I didn't know this was a thing. You hit this number. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm excited to start saying that. I like unicorns. They're great. So mm-hmm. you just consistently learn. And I didn't know what a CGM was until late last year. And now that I have one, it's, oh, I get it. I totally understand. And it's just a constant place of, like you said, people sharing information that could change your life. My parents didn't even know what a CGM was. And mm-hmm. my grandmother on my dad's side is also a diabetic. And she's in in her age is not really paying attention to stuff. And he's like, wow, I could get her a CGM and could help monitor from where I'm at while she's at home. Mm -hmm. So that way, if something happens, I'm just like, there's so much that you learn just from interacting with other people. And I think that's really special. So spotlighting you a little bit more, I'm curious to know, since you are uh, non-diabetic, what has been your experiences, not only watching people in the community. I know you mentioned you had connections through either family or friends. What is that like being on the outside looking in of people going through this condition? Extremely eye-opening to say the least. Like my, 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 my grandma had type two not very long before she passed away. So I wasn't that like into what she was going through. My mom had gestational with each one of her pregnancies. Obviously I was one of them, so I was not aware. But when she had my brother, my brother, I'm like 10 years older than my brother. So I saw like how difficult that was for my mom. And given that she was gestational, she's much more likely to have type two as she's getting older. Uh, Something that like she's preparing for. And on my dad's side, there's also a T1 close relative, which that was a little bit, more eye-opening as well but joining this community and being a part and fostering it and growing it on both ends has opened my eyes as to what both of them and all of these people have to go through is so difficult and they just have to do it like you know what I mean it's not um they don't have a choice <laughs> like they, they have I can't to turn they it off to, <laughs> yeah like they they have to and and so that they can live and they can survive and be healthy and all that stuff and as I mentioned before like finding out that uh, mental health or support groups or even nutrition for some of these people when they were diagnosed it was never something that was talked about was like well what do you mean it wasn't talked about I don't understand that that's crazy to me and finding out like just different areas like how in Canada how the health system is versus how the health system is in the United States and I obviously I'm from Canada but a lot of our user base is from the U.S. and finding out how difficult healthcare is and and just the cost of insulin that has been shocking like you like you shouldn't have to pay to to survive (laughs) something that is entirely like out of your control is yeah all of that eye-opening humbling and educational definitely eye-opening yeah, it's really crazy. I didn't take it seriously my first couple of years. So it was just like, okay, all right, it's, here's a thing. Because I think that's the hard part when you have something that's so invisible is that I think the biggest shock that I've learned from other people who are non-diabetic and learn about the community, learn what we go through. And they're just like, 
I can't believe that people sometimes don't believe you when you're like, hey, I need to step aside because I got this going on. Oh, you're just using that as an excuse to get away from us. No, doubt you want to watch me like die in front of you, right? So I probably should go take it. And so to interact with people more, and I had that same reaction. People used to be shocked when I told them like, hey, I'm diabetic. And even my team, I would go for walks and constantly having snacks at my desk. And I was like, man, you're just always eating. I'm like, yep, I'm always treating this damn blood sugar because this is what you got to do. And so for people to finally get a peek at that and can understand that. And my understanding is that even though the apps is built for diabetics, you guys also allow non-diabetics and you have a space for caretakers or anything like that if they want to learn more, correct? That is correct. So when you register for the diabetes app, you can select your type. So you can say I'm type two, I'm type uh, one or, you know, three C, other, whatever. I prefer not to say, we also have a supporter title. And that could be for if you are, like you said, like taking care of somebody who has diabetes, you want to learn more. Maybe your college roommate has diabetes. You want to know what to do. Maybe you're a parent to like a really young T1 kid and you're out of your depth. We thought it was really important to have that space so that the education can just continue and and grow. Because if us going through this was like a learning lesson for anything, it was that there's lots. If If you don't have it, you don't know about it, but you should know about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of something that I look back on and appreciate my parents for, but also at the same time, dang, I wish you would have told me because my mom, I knew now I was about 10, 10-ish when my mom was diagnosed. And all I knew is that everything was sugar-free and ice cream tasted weird. That's all I knew, right? But I wish I would have known what are some things that I can do to help. And and even later now, knowing that my dad takes insulin when he comes to visit, I'm making sure I have space in the fridge for him, making sure if we go out, we get back in time if he doesn't want to bring it with him. All these things that I didn't even consider monitoring because there's just, there's a lot to learn. So it's really cool that you guys offer resources for everybody because like my partner's not diabetic and we are, it's been open into conversation of like, Hey, what are some things that we can do? The Freestyle Libre 2 app is now approved in the U.S. So now I can use my phone and I can share that information with him because we live separately. So if something happens while I'm by myself, he can get help, things like that. So it's really cool to have a space for people who are on the outside to to learn and know because you just never know. <laughs> and, and you don't want to yeah. put that pressure on people, but you never know. Mm-hmm. So... I would love to talk more about some of the goals and, and the future of the app before um, we head out for the day. What are some things that you want to see or features or something that you want to see added to the app? So one of the things that came up recently, we recently just did a, another round of focus groups with the community to see what's, what's going on and what people would like. And one of the things that came up that I think is a great idea and I can definitely see us doing in the near future is having marketplace. I've, I have an extra box of test strips. Does anybody want to come pick them up or I'm going to sell 20 bucks, whatever. Those kinds of things. Obviously, there'd be like some regulations on that. But somebody very correctly brought up if that was available on the app, I wouldn't have to use like try to find struggle through like Facebook Marketplace or Kijiji, for example, because not everybody on there is diabetic and wouldn't need that stuff. 
but it would be much easier to to find on your app. And I was like, you are correct. (laughs) That's actually an amazing idea. So I I would definitely like to see that come into play. I would also contemplating doing something like in terms of like gamification, adding some sort of like loyalty system or point system by just doing simple actions on the app and with that, you can get some sort of tangible reward. I think that would be super fun uh, to implement. But those are the kind of two concepts that we're floating around as of right now. The world is our oyster. Yeah. But I think I would preface that by saying that, as I mentioned before, absolutely nothing we would do, we will do unless it comes from the community and is approved by the community because we're building this for them, for everybody. We're all diabetics. And if it's something that they don't want, then we're not going to build it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's dope. The marketplace. Absolutely. Because I've seen so many people getting these little pods. And like you said, hey, I'm I'm out of these supplies and I can't get to see my doctor or get another prescription. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can send you a whole box of strips. I think one thing, though, that we would all probably get off our hands is the boxes upon boxes of lancets because (laughs) nobody (laughs) runs through lancets as fast as they put so give me more strips i yeah. don't or even products i've been talking to some really great companies that are creating consumables or wearables or things like that are made by a diabetics that would even be cool to see 100% in there cuz you cuz it's right if it's already buy a diabetics might as well have a marketplace you don't have to wade through all the nonsense what about the desktop version i haven't played around with it a whole lot but are there plans to turn it into like the facebook s kind of thing for diabetes i could see it mm-hmm. and i could see it being way more wholesome because there's a bit more empathy involved versus just having all of these different uh, personalities and things so any plans to expand the desktop version yeah so definitely um For us, when we were developing the desktop, we really wanted it to mirror, at least in terms of functionality, the app. We didn't want it to be like completely two different experiences. If a button does something on the desktop, it should do the same thing on the app. That kind of like technical capability. In terms of like how it could grow, like there's lots of options that we could explore and like enhancements to make it like that, like you're saying, like like Facebook-esque kind of platform. I don't, I think we would... Take it step by step because we are a very like niche platform and we wouldn't want to like all of a sudden change everything about what we've done and to make it more like every other social media platform. Because sure. I think that's why people like like us in general is because we are focused on diabetes. And like I mentioned, like there's a lot of noise on platforms like Facebook where it's like, here's a recipe here's a news story here's your family photos from 2012 memories like all that stuff right and yeah don't get me started on facebook memories those are embarrassing listen every um, time they pop up I'm like why did i write that as a status cringe uh, deleted but with that being said i think yeah in terms of functionality and, and features we can definitely expand a lot uh, to make it more user-friendly to make it more like the platforms that you're used to using but i don't think we would step any like away from the diabetes community. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I know everybody is trying to create their own spaces. I've dabbled. Do I want to create a community? No, I, I like that y'all are doing it. Y'all, y'all got it down. <laughs> um, but it's definitely one of those things that you wrestle with because you're just like, oh, it's one more thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this is so unique to my experience. Like, I'd rather be involved with that than the the melting pot that is these bigger platforms. So how can non-diabetics 
support what you guys are doing. I know like you being non-diabetic, you're working there. That's great. But, you know, if you don't necessarily want to join the app, but you want to support what it's for, what can people do in order to help you guys out? So that's a great question. One of the cool things is that some of the content that we post in the app, we also post on our socials. So for example, we'll post recipes or we'll post some sort of type of information or resources on our social platforms. So educating yourself, even like reading through those. Sometimes we'll also like link to other sources, checking those out, sharing content from the diabetes app, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Like it's the word out, but I think the more that you scroll and you read through, even if you don't want to download the app, there's definitely chunks of information that you can get just from looking through our social platforms. And if you're completely new or have no idea, like even what the difference between, you know, type one, type two is let's not even get into 3C because you'll be able to learn that just going through our posts. Gotcha. So what's one piece of advice that you would give to any diabetic who might be struggling to connect with the community? Now, obviously, join the app and see for yourself. But I know sometimes when you're uh, walking into something that's there's so many people and perspectives, it can be hard to engage. So what would be <laughs> something that you would share with someone as, as they're trying to get comfortable with dipping their toe, if you will? Yeah, for sure. The biggest piece of advice I, I could say is that just take it day by day. You don't need to jump on and be superwoman or superman. Like that is not the expectation. And I know a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves to, to be a certain way. And like I'll always say, it's definitely okay not to be okay. And if you're not comfortable right away, then do not post. You don't have to. I think take a peek at some of the groups that are available. Scroll through some of the posts. Read the comments. If you're personally not that kind of person that wants to post, like then maybe you use the app more of like how people use Reddit. Just to read things, get information, look through the articles, look through the resources. How you use it is totally up to you. I would say that once you got a good vibe and, and feel for what groups are there and what types of content people are posting. Even like I said, just going on there and hopping on and interacting with somebody's like, hey, I'm new here post or making your own. Never seen one of those posts have no comments or no interaction or no likes. Like everybody, like there's so many new people joining every day that like there's always, oh, hey, like I'm new here too. Like, how are you? Like, where are you from? What type do you have? And all this stuff. And I think the scariest part is putting yourself out there. But once you do, I'm sure you'll find that there's people just like you going through so many similar things that would love to lean on you and you lean on them. And that's what the app is all about. Yeah, absolutely. I am a master lurker and it's been just as informative to just to kind of read and see everybody's experiences and watch the lives. And that's something that I appreciate. You don't feel pressured to engage. And I think that's something that's really important when you're introducing such a new community resource is that, you know, Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok, like there's this push that like, I have to do something or I'm not relevant. And here's just almost like an exhale. <laughs> like I can chill, mm -hmm. I can scroll through, I can interact or I cannot, but I'm still getting value because I'm seeing other people around me who know what I'm going through and I get to read their perspectives. I think that's why Reddit is also still quite strong. <laughs> Yeah, My for partner sure. is a huge <laughs> Redditor. Like that's how he starts his day is that's his social media. And he's not a social media guy. And I was like, I mm -hmm. never thought I'd see the day where you were attached to, all right, you got it. <laughs> like, okay. I've had Reddit for four years. I have never posted once. Yeah. It's so not great. <laughs> it's yeah. so great. And I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those like 
I actually enjoy when I can read comments on Reddit. And I don't have to sign in because I'm just like, please don't make me sign. I just want to yeah. read the response. But yes, Reddit is like one of my favorite resources. I'll literally ask anything. Somebody on Reddit mm-hmm. <laughs> has started the conversation. And I'm pretty sure whoever starts those threads and they get so huge, they're probably really cool. Like, I was the first to ask this question and look at it now you're welcome here's the information rights (laughs) yo reddit is deep reddit is so deep but i appreciate it well taylor this has been a really eye-opening and great conversation and i'm so appreciative of your time and sharing your thoughts and your perspective to work on something and with a community that is growing and i I don't want to say it's a bad thing but just knowing that there is a place where people who like myself we can sign up for it but if we're gonna have it we might as well rock with it right and Mm -hmm. you guys are providing a space where we can all you know congregate and learn from each other and find those support systems especially after this past year and and finding that online human connection can be just as valuable um, as in person so my big thank you to you and all the other founders for pushing this uh, into life because it's been a great experience so far. I truly enjoy being in the app. Before I let you go, I would love to know how can people connect with you guys, learn more, keep up with all the things that are happening in the community and within the app. Yeah, where they can, where can they find you? Yeah, for sure. So obviously we are available on both app stores, iOS and Google Play. The diabetes app, that is where you'll find us. Special cool thing that's happening as of this Monday's is a new, sorry, a special cool thing that's happening as of this week is every Monday we started this new trend uh, on the app, whereas Mondays are for giveaways. So every week we're doing a giveaway to a diabetes related store or some sort of discount code. So let me do that again. <laughs> diabetes related uh, product or store uh, so definitely keep your eyes peeled all you have to do is like the post i'm pretty sure but that's cool that's happening on the app we're also on instagram we are on facebook we are on twitter the diabetes app easy to remember yeah yeah you guys snagged <laughs> up the best handle <laughs> to, to make it super easy well again thank you guys thanks to the team, thanks to the community for bringing this to life. It's exciting. I, I can't wait to see what you guys do next, especially the live events. I think, yeah, I think I'm in agreement that the live events are one of the favorites because you can do it in the app. I don't have to go on Zoom. I don't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So just stay right here. So I am super excited to see you guys grow and all the cool things you come out with. So until then, I guess I'll catch you in the app. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me as well. And for all of your kind words, it means the most when it comes from the community. And I'm happy that you are happy with the app. And of course, if you have any feedback, our communication is always open. So thank you for your time today. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Well, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. That was a great conversation, you guys. Uh, it's just really cool to know that there's so many things out there that's for us and that the community is t- continuing to grow and have all of these options and resources for everything that we have going on. So if you are not signed up for the diabetes app, it's totally free. Head to the App Store, Google or Apple, or you can hop on the desktop version and get involved. And Taylor said, 
still weird saying my own name, but she's pretty awesome. You don't have to be this extra involved person with the app. You can treat it like Reddit. You can just read through and search for information and find things that are super helpful for you because that's all that it's really about is just bringing the community together and having a safe space to talk through the things that we go through and to learn from each other. So be sure to go and follow, download the app, sign up on the desktop version. If you don't want another application on your phone, check them out on what Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all the things. Their TikToks and Reels are pretty awesome actually. So definitely check those out. But yeah, make sure you go support them. Even if you're not diabetic, that interaction of just a simple follow really helps companies like this continue to be seen by others who can really benefit from it. Speaking of likes and follows, you can follow the show, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to watch the video version of the show, I would love for you to stare at my face or not, if you just want to listen. And if that's okay, I'm on all other podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher. There's a long list of podcast listening options. It's crazy. But yeah, please feel free to support the show. Follow the show on all of those spaces. And if you have 60 seconds to spare, I would really appreciate it if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating a review, or both. Or you can also head to podchaser.com. That is a more centralized platform where you don't have to have an Apple account to leave a review. I would love if you would share your feedback about the show. Are there things that you like that you don't like? Trust me, you won't hurt my feelings. And let me know what you want to hear next or who you want to see next or hear next. Because the more that I can be plugged in and engaged to what you guys want to hear, the more that I can help. And of course, by following the show on Instagram, by leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts or on podchaser.com, it helps others to find the show. And I want to make sure that I'm doing all that I can to be another resource for diabetics and non-diabetics alike. Like, not a life. I don't, words. But anyways, that would really help me out. It's free. It takes less than five minutes to do. Like I said, 60 seconds just to say Three stars, four stars, or five stars. I hope I'm not a one-star show. If you're going to leave me one star, at least tell me why. <laughs> Just tell me why so I can do better. And of course, if you leave a rating, leave your Instagram handle. Let me know so I can thank you personally because I truly do appreciate everybody who takes the time to comment to or to rate things. And I understand you have so many things asking for your time. So I want to make sure I can thank you myself. So. Until then, guys, you already know every Tuesday and Thursday, you can find myself or myself and a friend. And this season is on a roll. I'm excited. There's so many great things that I want to talk about with you guys and so many great guests, um, just like Taylor and the Diabetes App team that are coming onto the show. And my hope is that afterwards, you'll feel good about knowing the different types of products, resources, and nonprofits that you can get involved with to you know, grow. So until then, I'll catch you guys next week. Peace.